Welcome to Meanwhile in Memphis, where New Memphis is celebrating our city by providing a weekly window into the ways Memphians are solving problems, looking forward, and successfully shaping the community. Good morning, Memphis. Welcome to your weekly episode of Meanwhile in Memphis. My name is Anna Mullins-Ellis. I am here with my teammate, Christy Mullen. Good morning, Christy. Good morning. Christy, who are we here with? <laughs> I, <laughs> like, love- I always like jump in. I'm like, this is who I am, but I never, I fail to mention yes. the wonderful nonprofit that we work with. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, guys. We are with New Memphis. We are a nonprofit that is working in our community to just you know, transform Memphis through the power of connection. We work to develop, activate, and retain the talent of Memphis through a variety of ways. And you know what? You can learn all about those ways. I could tell you. Or you could visit newmemphis.org or follow us on social media at the New Memphis and learn all the things and more. So that's just like a subtle plug. Yeah. No, that's that's (laughs) That's what we do. And as part of that work, to um, elevate leaders, to connect leaders, to help develop leaders, we host this weekly radio yes. show and podcast. We take this space to invite friends of ours from all across the community who are doing amazing work to push our city forward. Um, and this week is no different. We yes. have an amazing episode. It is chocked full this week. It is so we're going to try full. not to gab too much. <laughs> I promise. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to shut up. Um, <laughs> so first and foremost, we have our friend Jonathan Mosley from the Downtown Memphis Commission. He's going to come and share uh, just a quick window into everything that's happening downtown. He is on the sort of events and marketing side of their work. So he has like a, the perfect vantage point yes. to tell us all of the things that you can go safely do downtown right now. And then we have a real treat, our friend Sarah Pechnik, uh, Dr. Sarah Pechnik. She is the executive director of Volunteer Odyssey. And not only is she going to share an update on what Volunteer Odyssey is up to right now, we have also decided we're going to um, make sure that we fit her TED talk in. Sarah gave an amazing TEDx talk uh, in 2015, our first ever TED conference. We were so impressed with her that we had to to bring her to the stage immediately. And she will talk (laughs) a little bit about the genesis story of Volunteer Odyssey and how she changed careers to begin this nonprofit and do this amazing work here in Memphis. So without further ado, shall we bring in Jonathan? I think we should. All right, let's see it. All right, guys, Jonathan Mosley is here with us, and he is the Senior Events and Programming Coordinator at the Downtown Memphis Commission. Thank you for joining us, Jonathan. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. I know. We're super excited to have you. Um, First things first, I feel like I just need you to tell us and our listeners that may not know, what is the Downtown Memphis Commission? And Talk about a little bit about your role there. So I'm the, like you said, Senior Events and Programs Coordinator for the Downtown Memphis Commission. I work in marketing specifically. I've been there for about four years now. And um, the range or the scope of work that we do in marketing um, kind of involves downtown parades, your downtown um, street festivals, markets. Um, We did a a lot more, obviously, before COVID-19. But um, COVID has allowed us to kind of pivot our marketing plans to be more online, more virtual, and uh, more social media heavy. So that's what we've been doing in the past. But um, just in general, Downtown Memphis Commission is an organization that is uh, built just to support downtown. Uh, we support the downtown restaurants and businesses and what they need. We also help with uh, property pilots and tax incentives for new developments coming into downtown. So we always want to increase, build, and grow downtown uh, uh, to a downtown for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's a nice way to sum it up, a downtown for everyone. Downtown for everyone, (laughs) (laughs) So tell us a little bit more about, you know, obviously this last year has been uh, a curveball for everybody, um, but 
as we're rolling into the spring and we've got this beautiful Memphis spring weather and vaccines are rolling out, like what is on the horizon in terms of ways in which people can get out downtown and enjoy that part of our city? Right. So uh, we actually did a survey of over 850 people in February of this year. And so one thing that we found out uh, was that people were comfortable getting outside because our goal was to figure out how can we bring more people back downtown? What are they comfortable with doing? What are they not comfortable with doing? So that's what the point of the survey was. And from that, we were able to find that people are actually more comfortable doing things outside than they probably were before COVID. For mm. some reason, um, everybody kind of wants to go inside indoor restaurants, you know, in for live music and whatever the case may be. But now people are demanding outdoor events, socially distanced, of, of course, um, safely uh, monitored, of course, but they are comfortable with dining outside, live music outside um, and fitness activities outside. So we have prepared um, a couple of events or a few events, um, I should say, for this spring. And uh, the first one kicking off in April would be um, our core fitness, our outdoor total body fitness oh. with Mark Aiken of um, Envision Fitness. Yeah, yeah Envision right. Fitness. <laughs> and so we've worked with him for a couple of years. So that's going to be on Thursdays at 5.30 p.m. Um, okay. You can go to Fourth Bluff Park and participate, or you can view it online on our Facebook page, which will be live streamed. I could probably use that. (laughs) (laughs) The whole working from home thing, I could definitely use any excuse to get outside. It's super helpful. And he also has like ways for you to like grab two, you know, water jugs from Mm -hmm. home or a a backpack full of books to create weights. So he, yeah, he does. He incorporates fun things for you to be able to do at home. If you, you know, you're, you're not comfortable with, you can translate it back to space even if you do. Definitely. Definitely. Well, you guys have been in the news recently because I know you named a new president with yeah. Mr. Paul Young. Yes, yes. We're super <laughs> excited to have Paul join the team. Um, I, from what I hear, it was a unanimous decision mm-hmm. from the, the search committee and the DMC board. So everyone is excited to have him. It feels like a new atmosphere already, you know, just pulling us out of COVID. Everyone's excited to kind of get behind the new president. I, I believe he will begin April 1st. Um, there's actually a statement on our website mm-hmm. with more information on his background if you're interested in learning yeah. more. But I'm definitely um, I'm, I'm familiar with his work in the community and excited to be working for him. Yeah, he's fabulous and mm-hmm. is a is a longtime Memphis friend. He's a fellow of uh, he's a graduate of our fellows program. And yes, we, we cannot uh, co-sign enough the <laughs> decision. So congratulations! Yes, yes That's definitely, great. definitely. And then just to you know to commend his his work for affordable housing. You know, just to show what kind of person he is. He's I, I'm really excited to be working for him as a president. Yeah, I think he brings a really unique skill set mm-hmm. um, to the work of of the DMC and. Yeah, it's it's all it's all um it's all happening. Yes, it is. It is. But let me not. Um, I didn't want to tear you off of the the spring events that oh, we have yeah, coming no. up. <laughs> so Please. we do. We have another one, Yoga on the River, um, with Yoga Kickback. Um, the instructor, her name is Candice. We usually have an awesome instructor. Her name is Charlie Bax. That we've had her for the last three years with our Yoga Downtown. Yeah. But now we're going to kind of take a twist. Charlie has um, actually introduced us to Candice, who's who she re- highly recommends. So Candice will be leading the new yoga class, Yoga on the River, y- with Yoga Kickback. Is that in the same park? That will be in River Garden. Okay, so it okay. will be in the park. It will be offered in the park and we will also stream this one to Instagram live. Mm, so okay. if you're comfortable with coming to the park, come on out. We'll have it safely monitored and uh, make sure everything is socially distant. And if not, you can Instagram live with us um, at Downtown Memphis on Instagram. And those are Tuesdays? Those are Tuesdays at 530. So Tuesdays you stretch, Thursdays you yeah. lift weights. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Tuesdays you stretch, Thursdays you sweat. Oh, <laughs> there you go, yeah.
No, that's a lot of fun. I like that you guys are taking it not just outside. You're also still offering that kind of hybrid model Mm -hmm. for people to watch at home that aren't quite as comfortable yet. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of bringing a sense of downtown into people's living rooms, which I think is very important at a time like this. And yeah, um, we actually got kicked off with that with our carryout concerts last year. Mm -hmm. Um, So normally what I've been doing in the past was manage in the summertime, I would manage um, the music concerts for the carry of the food concerts at food truck Thursdays. So, you know, there's over 50 food trucks out there, you know, people are gathering and then usually we have a DJ or a live band. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was pretty fun being able to walk down to the park, set up, you know, help the musician set up, get that thing going, enjoy some, you know, food trucks, some local food trucks, and then go back to the office. But now we were trying to figure out how can we really support the artists and the entertainers because they've really been hit during this time Mm -hmm. as well. You know, they are losing a lot of bookings and gigs just because venues are closing down. So we really had a a line, a list, a literal list of entertainers that we were ready to work with in the Mm -hmm. upcoming year. And so, you know, we said, what can we do instead of saying, hey, guys, we're not going to be able to just do, you know, music this year. So we pivoted to an online platform. We started using Instagram Live. First, we did Facebook Live, but we found that, you know, Instagram is kind of our home, Mm -hmm. our nest for that type of stuff. And so we've hosted our carryout concerts in different restaurants. So instead of being in Court Square Park, we'll bring an artist to a different restaurant or a different location in downtown and say, hey, we're at Prima's, you know, order your fruit from 12 to 1. If you're coming in, you get to check out some live music. If not, but it's called a carry out because we want you to carry oh, it out. But it. if you come in, you get to catch some live music. If not, you can join us on Instagram live and still, you know, check out some good mm. tunes. So it actually became really fun. People were tuning in from, you know, all over the world. Germany yeah. here, you know, <laughs> um, artists were really able to stretch, I believe, and kind of get comfortable knowing that they were able to be heard and be able to be seen and reach their specific um, audience because, mm-hmm. you know, everybody can't come to Court Square Park. Right. But with a live stream performance, they can share with their family, their friend and their networks um, all over the U.S. So that was something that was really successful that we're excited to c- continue again this year. Yeah, I think that's really amazing because you kind of bring the heart of downtown alive, but you get to share it outside of Memphis. You do. Right. Like instead of just us going because I am a big proponent of Food Truck Thursday (laughs) because it happens right outside where our office is. Mm -hmm. Um, So like I think I didn't realize I knew y'all did the carry out concerts, but I didn't know that they were kind of to help feel that void Mm -hmm. of when y'all did that. So that's really interesting to me. I love that you guys have taken that approach. Yes, it's been super fun. So I know that you're not allowed to have favorites, (laughs) but if someone were to tell you that they had a few hours to spend in downtown Memphis, where would you tell them to spend their time? Where would you direct them? Pre-COVID, post-COVID. Where should they start? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so (laughs) it is really hard. It is really hard. And I would tell you, okay, I'll tell you a couple of things and I'll just give a flat out answer. But I think I would, it always depends on the time and Mm -hmm. the place. So if it's the weekend versus the week, if it's, you know, sunny outside, if it's not sunny outside, (laughs) but I'll give you a good rundown for somebody that approaches me on the weekend. So if it's not too late, I would definitely direct them to Memphis Farmers Market. If they're out walking, I think that'll totally be their vibe. That's, you know, Saturdays from April to October from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. So I'll direct them to the Memphis Farmers Market. Um, 
if which will also drive them through South Maine. Mm-hmm. I will have them stop, you know, grab a bite to eat, a small bite from South Maine, maybe Primas, maybe something from the arcade, but a snack because they're going to be walking. <laughs> I'm, there's I'm, going to be a lot I'm more give them, Yeah, I'm going to get them ready. So stop and get a macaroon <laughs> from Primas. You will start off at the Memphis <laughs> Farmer's Market. There's obviously going to be some cool things there. Then you stop and grab a snack from South Maine. Um, and then I would, by that time, you're in mural tours. You're mm-hmm. on a mural tour. Mm-hmm. So you can see some nice artwork along South Main. Um, you can see the the six-foot mural that's at MLK and South Main, uh, just across from um, the dental offices down there. Um, and then you will get to Bill Street. And then I would direct them to definitely go down <laughs> to Bill Street, explore Bill Street a little bit, and... Um, and hopefully end the night there with yeah. some live music or in the evening there with some live music. Um, but between that, I believe you have to kind of stop and walk. You have to walk through downtown because there's so many different things. Um, a lot of people do kind of want to stop and go one stop shop. And a lot of places in downtown offer that, to be honest, you can get your food, you can get some good entertainment, you can get a little shopping at any place you go in downtown. But the beauty is kind of going through it all, going through the different neighborhoods from the edge to South Main to the core, you know, along the trolley. So um, I would definitely encourage anybody on a journey. I would I would send them on a trip. So you know, a destination to get food, a, lo- a neighborhood to walk through, and then a nice, cool spot to end. But I think you can kind of do that for anybody. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if I see somebody and their vibe is outdoor walkie, yeah. I'll send them this way. If they're more of like hardcore outdoors, then maybe I send them down to River Garden to check out the kayaks, mm-hmm. or you know, maybe they want to go through the Edge and see the Edge Motor Museum. You know, the cars that they have there. If they're more of an out of town tourist, um, if they're there just for the food, I think you can kind of hit Bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can kind of, <laughs> You can hit Bill, you know, you can get Dyer's, Blue City Cafe, um, Rendezvous, not too far from that. Um, but I think anywhere you go, you can go to find good food and live music. So they, they definitely won't be lost looking for that. I agree. And I think that it's just our downtown is also just so walkable. It is. The walkability of our downtown is something that I find very unique to mm-hmm. us. I mean, I know other cities have it, but Memphis is just e- a little extra in that way in that like you can get anywhere yeah. pretty quickly just on feet and you get to see on feet, on foot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to use both on of your feet. feet. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> um, but like, you know, you just as you walk, you discover more. Mm-hmm. So you could send someone on like an adventure to one place, like in mind, right. and then along their way, they're going to discover, discover like five different other things that they could, you know, get into. And yeah. I think that's just like something that I always find interesting about town, downtown. And I didn't really get to discover it as much till mm-hmm. I started working for New Memphis and my office was then located downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely like a cer- certain beauty to it mm-hmm. um, that I think is meant to be appreciated. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. And, you know, in the past, we're used to a daytime population of 88,000 but with COVID you know that number is definitely dramatically decreased mm-hmm. so um, the the walker vibe is is really not there mm-hmm. um, as much as it used to be yeah. uh, but what that I think it kind of gives you is a beauty of discovery for yourself mm-hmm. you know you're kind of discovering the town by yourself uh, well not necessarily by yourself but just in a more quiet atmosphere yeah. not as hustle of, and bustle yeah a lot of hustle and bustle you know we're our office is not too far from uh, the new Memphis office. So, you know, we will regularly come out, walk on Main Street and see co-workers mm-hmm. and people that we kind of know. But now it's like, you know, you're, you're actually looking at stuff. You get to take it in. 
you get to really see and appreciate the city for the the growth that it's made you know not only the places that it's going because you can see the new buildings that are coming up and you can see the the new storefront size of what's coming soon but you can also actually take a look and like okay yeah I rem- that mural is there but I never kind of see it because people are always walking by right. or you know I've never just I've always been so beeline to my destination walking through people that I really didn't get a chance to appreciate it so I think COVID has brought a little you know beauty into exploring downtown no that's a nice point I mean I think Monday through Friday, like lunch hour. Yeah. Like, right. I'm hungry. I've got that's places to go. That's a perfect way to put it. Right. Exactly. Which is fun, but I do, I agree that, um, you know, and I, one thing that we always try to reiterate when we're talking about downtown, as you've sort of alluded to, is that when people think of downtown, I think they typically think of the downtown core, which mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, yeah, I've been to Beale Street or I've been to the FedEx Forum and sort of wandered around right. there. But to know that, not only is that part of downtown walkable, but now like the connectivity yes. between the pinch and mm-hmm. South Main and Edge, like yes. there's really miles and miles of like very safe and walkable and like dense stuff where, mm-hmm. as you said, along the way, you're going to see all kinds of like, there's no right. real gap in like you're not just like kind of wandering through a wasteland at any point. You're right. always surrounded by a really vibrant, you know, whether it be uh, public art or just, you know, all of our restaurants and shops. And again, as you said, it's it's sort of a, a constantly evolving uh terrain and i think that's to me what i miss most about i mean there's so many things i, miss. I know but one of the things that i miss most about coming into the office every mm-hmm. day is just watching how our city is growing and changing and You're just right. being able to see you know i always say that like physical development is not the only sign of like a city's success mm-hmm. but it's so visual and yeah. it's so like motivating to go oh my gosh like that building yeah. that I've just been ignoring for so many years because it's been vacant mm-hmm. is suddenly mm-hmm. like coming to life or oh mm-hmm. gosh like you know here's a new like locally owned place that somebody it's just right. so exciting and, like, and then to add to their points like like I'm a plant lover so I go downtown and I and notice like in and our our office is actually responsible for it so we get to kind of see the you know the work that our office does and give the kudos to the people but there are planters along Maine mm-hmm. and I, I went downtown and I was like oh wow we have palms you know <laughs> we have palms on Maine like this is big you know I don't think people people kind of slept on that but it was something that as a plant lover I was kind of excited to see yeah. I think normally it's hard um, because people don't think about it but they put a lot of pretty flowers in them but people are love they love them so much they pick them up mm-hmm. so they they're always kind of you know being replaced and I'm like okay yeah that one you that mean one looks not good party favors? right no they're <laughs> not they're not but people love them so much I always yeah. see like little kids walking down like you know I'm like hey that's a decoration you know but it's it's, <laughs> it's cool to see but um when I saw the palm trees I was like okay yeah that just it just feels different um to see that type of growth as mm-hmm. well you know not just brick and mortar growth but people appreciating clean streets yes. and and greenery mm-hmm on the street so just shout out to clean uh clean and green team at the downtown Memphis commission for that oh wow mm-hmm. yeah i will say i mean one of the one of the things i think we can be really proud of in memphis is we have a downtown memphis commission that is working on these big massive projects you know like getting what is it, 100 north, 100 north Main. Main. <laughs> like, <Ooh. so> <laughs> i mean like years of <sighs> yes but you guys are also so focused on like the small details like you said mm-hmm. like you know beautiful streetscapes, mm-hmm. like really like attractive and like well-designed signage and mm-hmm. just things that I think, you know, little touches that we take for granted, but I think really make our downtown yes. feel like Memphis. And it's not, mm-hmm. I really don't think that you could parachute into any downtown area and maybe be like, what city am I in? But right. if you're in downtown Memphis, you know, you know, that. you know, you yeah. definitely know. And then, like you said, the signage, shout out to the amazing signage we have in downtown. Um, you know, one of our most famous, I guess, 
streetscapes in downtown is Bill Street mm-hmm. just for that reason. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the home of the blues sign and then we have the different restaurant signs. So that's just an amazing image. Definitely go to our Instagram page. I'll use this this time. Yeah, please, do it. A, I was going to ask you anyway. So. Yeah, <laughs> but go to at downtown Memphis on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, we're also on, on LinkedIn, but follow us there. We also we always try to share amazing photography of downtown because mm-hmm. we feel like, you know, they really paint a beautiful image mm-hmm. of downtown, um, you know. Our team does a really good job of putting it in words and in marketing and format. And definitely, you know, we work with them as well. But photographers in Memphis have done us a huge service over the last year of like just creating beautiful content and keeping our spirits up. Um, you know, anytime we can share some amazing work of downtown, if when they tag us, you know, we're definitely yeah. happy to do it. No, I definitely take advantage of that for New Memphis's account is that the stuff you guys share. I'm like, ooh, it's a new photographer. Right. Let sure. me go Google it on that one. Right. And so I think that you spoke to a very good point that that imagery just paints like a good picture for you to see. Yeah. Like, oh, our downtown is still alive. It's still vibrant. Like, it. yes, it's, it's been on like, some hard times lately. But <laughs> yeah. And if you're looking for a place to go, it's like, you know, when you you look up a place when probably not recently, but when you're looking up places to go mm-hmm. when you're out of town, you go to hashtag yep. and, and and those pictures do us like such a huge service. You know, I think it, they really paint a beautiful an artistic view of Memphis. Mm-hmm. And um and we're always known for our music. We're always known yes. for our music, but there are so many different artists kind of also working behind the scenes to paint and craft that beautiful city that we love so much. So shout out to the um, I'll say A. Daryl Jackson's, yes, Philip Van Zant's, Connor Ryan's that always, you know, paint the city in a beautiful light. They just like bring that Memphis magic to life they really through the do. lens. And it's just very like I, every time I see those photos, um, I'm just like, huh. They remind me why I'm not a photographer. (laughs) It's like I can see it, but I can't make it happen. Right. It's like I see that through my eyes, but I I can't capture that on my phone. So, you know, but shout out to them. Yeah, there's definitely an art to it. Definitely. So (laughs) it's like whenever I get back from like a vacation and I like take it like, yeah, I know I do like. I know they feel like all my pictures always look like I'll just keep this on my phone because I don't even think they're share worthy (laughs) it's like now you understand when like your grandparents were showing you like those old slideshows and it's like a crooked picture you're like i get it now it's fine (laughs) yep that's where we are now that's where we are well jonathan like thank you so much for being here with us today yeah it's great to see you we'll have you guys back soon we would love to get regular updates from the downtown commission (sighs) yes that'll be so fun um, and we, you know, we would love to, to bring Paul in with you guys sometime and we'll, we'll get definitely. about what his new, new roles. Be like. <laughs> yes. That'll be super exciting. Hopefully you can get Penelope in as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, VP of marketing. She's an awesome leader. Just want to shout out to her. And then two, I will also shout out two organizations that I know oh, yes, you, you may be able to speak with coming soon about what they have coming up. Yeah. But I know the Redbirds have announced their 2021 schedule. So oh, we're I excited. Yeah. We're excited for that. Um, we support that. And then Orpheum has also announced their outdoor concert series. That so, I didn't know. Yes. Yeah, so that's exciting. Some artists <laughs> that's awesome. that some artists that we've worked with are going to be performing. So we're really excited cool. to support them with this new venture. And um, I believe tickets are on sale now. So check out their websites for those details. Awesome. And for anyone, uh, you talked about the social. Where else yeah. can people learn more about what the Downtown Memphis Commission is up to? We also have a, a weekly newsletter. So if you go to our website, downtownmemphis.com, you, you should be prompted to sign up for our newsletter. So definitely sign up for our weekly newsletter where we send out um, the fun stuff. But we also send out the business side of things as well. Sounds good. All right. Well, Jonathan, it was great to see you. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye. Level Up with New Memphis Fellows. 
established in your career, but feel something's missing? Let New Memphis complete the puzzle. The New Memphis Fellows Program is a leadership development experience for mid-career leaders. Designed for high-performing professionals already excelling in their careers and impacting our community. New Memphis Fellows will amplify your power with connections, skills, and experiences. Level up on your career and apply for fellows today. Visit newmemphis.org for more information. All right, guys, Dr. Sarah Pechnik is here with us, and she is the founder and executive director of Volunteer Odyssey. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me today. Super happy to have you here. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing really well. I think everybody's <laughs> excited Cautiously for, you optimistic. know, spring like and the- vaccines. And yeah, so far, so good. Great. I feel like I always have to, ha- like, that has to be my first question. When people come in, it's just a pulse check. Like, right. how, how are you? How are things going? Today, no one's been like, I'm terrible. <laughs> yes. I'm awful. So so far. I'm glad I but wasn't your first. sometimes we can see it in their eyes. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Eh. right. Your voice is saying, fine. Your eyes are crying for help. <laughs> but no, I am super happy to have you here today. Volunteer Odyssey is just such an amazing asset for our city to have. And so I really, for those listening who may not know what it is you guys do, um, if you could just give us a little bit of story there about what is Volunteer Odyssey and what do you do there? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm excited to share. So Volunteer Odyssey, we are a volunteer center for the Memphis area, and we work on meeting community needs through volunteerism. So matching people to their ideal volunteer opportunities and helping nonprofits make the best possible use of those volunteers. And then you asked, and what's my role at Volunteer Odyssey? Yeah. So I'm the founder and executive director, which means I do a lot of a bunch of different things, as I'm sure Anna probably knows very well. Um, But right now we're really focused on recruiting volunteers for a couple things in the community that are really high need at the moment. Awesome. So I'm very intrigued to know kind of where did, I know you kind of started this whole thing, you're the founder, where did this whole idea begin for Volunteer Odyssey? Yeah, that's a a great question. You know, I think going through COVID in some ways like reminds (laughs) me of the roots a little bit of Volunteer Odyssey. Um, You know, in 2008, a lot of people were in transition and scared and had lost their jobs. And my parents were two of those people. And we'd always volunteered as a family. And that was something they just continued to do while they were both out of work during that time period. And that just really inspired me to think about how can I get more people involved and more people volunteering. Um, So after I finished grad school, I took a job I was making great money, and, and uh, I just realized that that wasn't what I wanted to be doing. It wasn't meaningful, and so I moved home to Memphis, and I spent um, 30 days in a row volunteering at 30 different nonprofits to write about all the different variety that there was for volunteerism so people could see and get more connected to the community, and it all kind of took off from there. Yeah, that's I love that. Yeah, I will say, I, Sarah gave an amazing TED Talk in our, in our <laughs> first year. Times. So uh, in 2015, she yes. was on our, our during our first conference, um, and she gives an amazing talk that really gets to the heart of that origin story. And I think it is thank you, um, just such a obviously so inspirational. But you know, just the way in which you look at volunteerism, not just through the lens of like I don't know. I guess I I, I always feel like, and I I, I like um, blame my like high school for this <laughs> they make volunteering seem like this sort of like checkbox that yeah. like any good person quote unquote has to right. go and sort of like put in their time but it it doesn't it doesn't ask you to engage with it it doesn't mm-hmm. ask you to enjoy it it doesn't mm-hmm. ask for it to like align with your personal passions yeah. and i think what's so unique about volunteer odyssey is it's not just a all right we're all going out to do a group project like check the box it mm-hmm. is very much about figuring out how to 
take every single person in a community and find a way for them to give back in a way that is sustainable for them, that's enjoyable for Mm -hmm. them. And again, as you said, the other side of the equation is making sure that nonprofits are using volunteers because there's nothing more frustrating than showing up on a Saturday for to a volunteer event and the nonprofit sort of being like, well, we we don't really need you or we don't (laughs) really know what you got to do. So I just think it's such a you know, whatever, for our listeners, whatever you think about volunteerism, I think yeah. the Volunteer Odyssey has, like, really flips that narrative on its head. And, and um, you know, I, tell us, so for somebody just like, okay, I'm intrigued, they're going to the Volunteer Odyssey website, what are they going to find? What do they need to be prepared with mm-hmm. to, to make the most of the experience? Yeah. Well, Anna, I really appreciate you saying all of that. And I think you, that's so astute. You hit the nail, you know, right on the head. For a lot of people, volunteering is has been mandated in the past or used as a punishment, you know, <laughs> at worst. And um, I love what you said about, you know, it's people don't necessarily go into it thinking that they're going to enjoy it. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what we want you to do. We want you to find something that you like, that makes you light up, that you enjoy, because if you don't enjoy it, you won't come back. Mm-hmm. And we need people to come back. So to your question about our website, our goal is for you to come to the website and really see and connect with something that's meaningful to you, either because it's a cause that you care about. Um, Right now, you know, COVID, obviously, a lot of COVID volunteer opportunities, but helping feed our community, helping shelter our community, taking care of, you know, the arts, the environment. Um, And so there are all these different ways you can get involved with these causes. And then we want to find, you know, these skills and abilities that are unique to you and help you find a way to use the things that you are good at. Everybody has their own unique skills and apply that to a cause that's really important to you. So when you come to our website and you click that volunteer tab, it takes you to our online platform where you can see and search volunteer opportunities all across the Memphis area. And there's definitely something on there that speaks to everybody. I think that's great because it reminded me, Anna saying all of that reminded me, I watched your TED Talk in preparation for this interview and because <laughs> I'd never seen it before. And you said something really cool that I'd never heard before because you were like, volunteering, the intent needs to be good, your original intent in going in. But you made the comment that it does have to be a little selfish. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, huh, interesting. <laughs> like, I've never thought about it in that capacity, but just hearing that and hearing what you guys just said, then I'm like, it does. Like, And selfish doesn't mean a bad thing in this Mm -hmm. instance, right? It's just if you love something, you're more than likely to continue doing Mm -hmm. that something. Yeah. Um, So I think it's just about retaining those volunteers. Yeah, you are exactly right. And, you know, I I do say that sometimes, you know, volunteering needs to be at least a little bit selfish. And I don't mean... Just a dash. Yeah, just just a little (laughs) sprinkle. Yeah, and I I don't mean volunteers are selfish or the act of volunteering is selfish. I mean, you should be getting something out of it. And if you're really hating your time somewhere... Nobody wants that. Like, that doesn't mean you're going to come back. That doesn't make you a good fit for that nonprofit. How do we find something that makes you light up? And sometimes I talk about, we think about a volunteer match on the spectrum from how soon can I get out of here (laughs) to how soon can I come back? And if you're not thinking, how soon can I come back? We just haven't found the right fit. And that's what we try to do. So I feel like, you know, this is the um, required question that we have yes. to ask everyone like how's the last year been yeah. like but but truly, what happened I mean, this year we were just talking before we started recording about mm-hmm. um you know even at new memphis where we're not a volunteer organization we had so many people our graduates you know those who are in our network reaching out to us in you know april may june and beyond to say i want to help what can i do and this sort of like blank stare on our faces like, ah, uh, we don't know. Um, Great question. I, so, I, you know, I imagine that you had a really interesting conundrum in the last year that you had an increase mm-hmm. in interest in volunteering 
and perhaps a decrease in opportunities that felt safe and that you could direct people to. So tell us, how have you navigated that? You know, what are were the success stories in the last year? Yeah. So we had the exact pattern that you described. So basically everybody went home for what they thought was two weeks <laughs> and emailed us and called us and looked for, you know, remote and virtual volunteer opportunities, which was amazing. We saw this surge in people who wanted to help. The flip side of that is that the nonprofits were reeling too. And just like all of us, I think everybody was trying to figure out what was going to happen. And so there weren't just all of these virtual and remote opportunities just sitting there waiting to be kicked into action. Those things have to be created. And that mm -hmm. takes some time um, for nonprofits to pivot. And so it was this interesting evolution of tons of interest from volunteers who wanted to help virtually. And then the wave came right. of virtual and remote volunteer opportunities from the nonprofits. And then we eventually got back to um, lots of in-person opportunities also. So like right now on our calendar for this week, there are more than 80 in-person volunteer opportunities oh, wow. around the city doing all different kinds of things. But of course, there are also tons of virtual and remote opportunities too. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, Obviously, a, a year with a ton of need as well. So those organizations right. that are like direct service organizations, yeah. are, as you said, working to to feed our community, to house our community, mm -hmm. to keep people safe. Um, how how has the how has the need shifted in the last year, and how has that changed? You know, do you, and maybe I don't know if this is something you guys do, but do you guys prioritize projects, or do you? You know, I know that you guys partner specifically with organizations. I mean, I won't speak to it, but I'm curious, <laughs> like, how do you, how, how have you guys had to sort of shift mm -hmm. the way in which you work with nonprofits? Yeah, that's a great question. So at the very beginning, we were just trying to really quickly take down all the in-person yeah. opportunities mm -hmm. because, you know, we were trying to catch up to what the city was saying, what the state was saying. And so we had to make sure everything was current. We don't want people showing up to a nonprofit, you know, that was closed or they were working from home. So there was a lot of just taking everything down at the beginning really quickly. Um, and then as things started to kind of come back, we started out prioritizing essential services, to your point, Anna. Mm -hmm. So we were really only, you know, scrambling to get things into place for nonprofits who were doing things like food, clothing, shelter, and eventually things like COVID testing and COVID vaccinations. So now that we've got, um, you know, a little bit more breathing room, we've expanded to add some other things. But our main priority was making sure everything was actually accurate and up to date and that we were filling those most critical needs, those essential services that the mayor's office had pointed out. Got it. I think that's it's just really cool the resiliency of you guys and how you were able to shift in a year and just figure it out um, because volunteerism isn't exactly where your mind goes instantly when something like this happens right mm -hmm. um it's like it's, you just don't think and then when you start to think you're like oh yeah that all has to change but i know you guys did this really cool thing back in i believe june mm -hmm. of last year which was y'all's first ever it was a virtual volunteer day yep i believe yep and so you guys really pivoted i saw the cool video that was made by oh, our friends uh produced by forever ready uh -huh. productions and like you got i got nominated for an emmy it did like, you're wow. emmy nominated that's insane and so yeah, i just yeah. right <laughs> and so like i really want to hear more about like the, like how did you guys decide that like what is the event give me all the good stuff I want to know all about it <laughs> yeah well thank you for asking about that I'm excited to share it with you and you know as we were talking about we saw this huge um, increase in demand for people who wanted to be able to help from home and so we we're trying to think about we know the nonprofits have needs we know people want to help from home how can we make this something that is engaging and that's interesting 
um, especially after everybody was getting a little, you know, zoomed out after those first couple yeah. of months. Um, but the other piece is that, you know, we usually have these big in-person days of service. And, you know, kind of like we were talking about before we started, being together with people is so magical and mm. so important um, and being able to connect with the nonprofits. So it'd be one thing if I just handed you a project and said, do this project. It's a completely different experience for you to feel like other people are working on that project and that you can understand how that project matters to the nonprofit. So those were kind of the goals as we went into planning this day. So we had um, five, six different nonprofit projects. We started on the hour, every hour on Facebook Live, where you would meet our nonprofit partner and hear all about their mission and why this project mattered to what they were doing day to day. So everybody started with that same foundation, that same sort of connectivity to the why. Mm -hmm. And then everybody shared all their pictures throughout the day. So we kind of tried mm -hmm. to capture that community spirit too. I really love that. Are you guys planning to bring that back? So wonderful that you should ask. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Friday, April 23rd, we oh, are wow. having our second virtual volunteer day. So it will be on our Facebook page. We're working with Forever Ready Productions again. And every hour on the hour, we'll go live with one of our nonprofit partners. So you can see them. You can hear what their needs are, why their work is so important. And you can do a really simple project from home to make a difference. Wow. So what kind of – do you guys have the nonprofits selected at this point? Yeah, we do. Um, and one of our new additions is Memphis Rocks. Probably uh, everybody's yes. heard of Memphis oh, yeah. Rocks by this point, doing really amazing things, um, trying to connect um, people who normally live in a more urban environment mm -hmm. with more outdoors um, activities and information. And so they're working on a project called Leave No Trace, where they teach you how to go and respect the environment. And once you enjoy the environment, making sure that – you're not leaving anything behind. And so we've really tried to pick projects that take very few or no materials that you can do entirely from your own home. And we're really excited about the lineup that we have. Very cool. I love that notion of creating projects, like tangible projects that these organizations need help with instead of just being like, come volunteer for this organization. <laughs> like, no, come volunteer to help us solve this thing we're working on right. together. And I think that really helps build that sense of togetherness you were talking about that's been lacking in this virtual environment. Mm -hmm. um, so the way you guys have done that and just to hear you talk about it is just super stinking cool um, for lack <laughs> of a you. more eloquent way to say <laughs> Thank it. you. And I just, I want to say, you know, our nonprofits, we, you know, really look for organizations that take amazing care of their volunteers and know how to make good use of those volunteers. So all the projects that we have were created by our amazing nonprofit yeah. partners. It wasn't us coming and saying, we want you to do this. It was saying, hey, we really value you as a partner. What right. do you need? How can people help you from yeah. home? And they created all the projects that you're going to see on the 23rd. We're really excited about it. And that's on. So people can just go to y'all's Facebook page. Yep. Yeah. You can come to our Facebook page on the 23rd, but we'd love for you to register in advance okay. so you can see all the projects yeah. and see exactly what airs at what time. And so if you come to our website, voluntrodicy.com, we have a pop-up banner with all the information and a link to sign up for the day. That's I love that so much. Guys, Thank go you. sign up. I am going to probably sign up because Great. I know, like, and this is the question I was going to have for you next is, you know, we We've seen the, like, statistics and things that volunteerism really, like, helps your quality of life. It Absolutely. don't only lead to, like, longer life expectancy. It helps you in your job. It helps you in your personal relationships. What do you say to people that are like, I'm just scared that I don't have the time. I don't know where to start. How do you combat somebody that, like, the passion's there, they're just fearful the time's not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something that we hear a lot. That's a really great question. And normally what we say is if you have an hour to give, 
I can connect you to a meaningful volunteer experience. And especially during COVID, if that's an hour from your home, Mm -hmm. we can still find a way for you to make that meaningful. And I think for a lot of people, once they identify something they want to do, Sometimes they can find just a little bit more time, you know, to go and do something in person or to do, you know, provide an essential service for the community. So I think a lot of it is let's start with the time you have, whatever constraint that is, and find you something really meaningful to get you excited about what you're doing. And then let's see if we can work you into something that really just makes you light up. Yes, baby steps can lead to baby change. That's right. That's right. Put it on a T-shirt. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Well, it's like now that people are deeply inspired to go volunteer, I know for those like me who are very eager for our community to reach herd immunity uh, yes. to, to solve this here with our crisis. Masks on. Yeah, exactly. Well, one day when I can talk to you without this piece of fabric over my face, um, <laughs> what are you guys doing to help get our community vaccinated? I know you guys are leading some volunteer efforts there. Yeah. So we've been doing COVID testing for quite a while with Cherokee Health, mm-hmm. and we've just recently added um, a vaccination volunteer opportunity as well. Um, you do not have to have any medical experience at all. We have the shot side taken care of. <laughs> and so if you're afraid of needles like I am, you don't have to be anywhere near the shot tent. Um, so we have volunteer roles that are very simple, but they're very important. So it's things like making sure that everybody there has an appointment, um, getting the paperwork ready to go, getting the materials clean and ready to go to the different stations, helping direct traffic so everything runs smoothly. And we need lots and lots and lots of volunteers just for the one site that we're working with at Germantown Baptist Church. We need about 320 volunteers every week. And so that is a lot of people, but we're vaccinating about 1,200 people a day. That's so amazing. I was was like, that's so promising. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, if you've been vaccinated or if you're going to be vaccinated, a lot of the people involved in your vaccination process are volunteers. Mm -hmm. And so if you've been a benefit of a vaccine, um, you know, we'd love for you to come and give back. And if you're waiting for your vaccine, this is a great way to do something really meaningful to help us get closer to that herd immunity and back to normal. Who would have thought that we would use the term herd immunity so much? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I think I don't think I ever said in my life until this year. I just yeah. like always envision like a herd of elk. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. why? <laughs> like, it's just such an odd way to talk about. It is. <laughs> like, it is. So we can uh, eat indoors. Yes. There we go. So, I mean, it is mostly outdoor. I mean, it's a drive through at the Germantown Baptist Church. Yes. yes. So, yeah. Again, I, I mean, I, I get like very uh, just like sentimental about spring in Memphis. <laughs> Me too. I'm like constantly like big imploring people. I'm like, go outside. Yeah. It's such a good time mm-hmm. to go enjoy, like do something great for your community, be a part of the solution and also like go enjoy some beautiful spring weather for the next six weeks. It's going to be, this is, this is our time Memphis. Yeah, and this like, is our time. Seize the day. Seize yes. the 70 degree weather while you can. Yeah, you're right. The site is entirely outside. Um, so you have plenty of room from other people. You know, everybody's really good about wearing their masks, um, having the the patients who are coming through wear their masks. Um, it's a great way to get some vitamin D. Yeah. Um, but also that sort of camaraderie that we were talking about. You know, there are a couple different tents with different goals. You know, there's the screening tent, there's the paperwork tent, and you kind of form a little bond with your group during your <laughs> shift. You know, you're all working as efficiently as you can to get people through and get vaccinated and you know, I think probably like everybody, I've really missed that human connectivity mm. in person over the last year. And this is a great way to get out of your house, enjoy our pretty weather, do something meaningful and connect with some other people. It's kind of the, you know, the holy grail of volunteer opportunities right now. Yeah. I volunteered at the Pipkin building. Great. Um, 
a couple of weeks thank ago. Thank you. I, thank you for volunteering. Yeah, it was so much fun, actually. Like, I, it reminded me of, like, working retail, like, during the Christmas season. You know, because it's, like, really, like, hustle and bustle. But, like, everyone's right. just, like, a little bit excited. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. every person, like, I was the person, like, handing out paperwork as people yeah. driving in. But just, like, the smiles on people's faces yes. when they come to get vaccinated is, like, a very special time. So It really is. For, I mean, for some people, I mean, this is a life-saving vaccine. And yes. you are part of the reason that they are getting that vaccine that day. We've had people hand us candy. I mean, all. <laughs> All kinds of stuff coming through the line and the need for volunteers is so critical. We need volunteers now more than ever. So we really hope people will come out and help. So they can access that opportunity via the Volunteer Odyssey website. Yep, absolutely. So if they come to volunteerodyssey.com, click that volunteer button in the corner. Um, it'll take them to our platform where they can see everything. And if you just type vaccination or if you come to the calendar, you can see and sign up for it really quickly. Perfect. Awesome. Well, Sarah, as we look to the next year, for, you know, what else is exciting for you guys at Volunteer Odyssey? What are, you know, what's new coming down the pipeline? Anything else you want to share with us before we get out? <laughs> That's what I'm asking. Um, yeah, I think this has just really taught us, you know, the importance of people volunteering and being able to connect in new and in different ways. Mm -hmm. And so we are always adding new partners. Like I said, we have 80 plus opportunities on the calendar every single week. And so as we look to getting back to normal, if we can even use that term, um, we're going to need help and we need people to come out and volunteer. And so if volunteering has been a back burner idea for you, this is your invitation. If you've been waiting for a sign that you should go out and volunteer, do more in the community, that this is your <laughs> sign. Um, and the other thing I would say that we really need is we need you to invite other people to volunteer. So the, one of the best things you can do as a volunteer, if you've had a good experience, is become a recruiter, mm. an ambassador, and to say, you know, I went and volunteered at this place, and I think you would really enjoy it too. Will you come with me? And in Memphis, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, we don't like to say, oh, I volunteered at such and right. such place. I'm such a wonderful person, you know, but tell your story as a way to recruit more volunteers so that we are able to meet these community needs going forward. These community needs exist well before COVID and long after COVID, and we need as many volunteers as we can get. Amen to that. And I will also note that Volunteer Odyssey is also a nonprofit. Yes. Um, if you appreciate the work that they are doing, if you've enjoyed a volunteer experience, I hope that you help fuel their work. Make a donation to Volunteer Odyssey. I'm sure you can do that at volunteerodyssey.com. Yes, absolutely. Um, Thank you for the plug. Yes. Um, if you go <laughs> no, to volunteerodyssey.com, there's a donate button right next to the volunteer button. It's very convenient. <laughs> you can do both at the same time. You can do both like, at the same time. Give not your time. Either or. Yeah. Exactly. As we like to say, no gift is too small. And as Anna <laughs> likes to say, no gift is too large either. <laughs> so, I like that. I it's like so that. easy to take it. I think that we as a community, you know, those nonprofits that support other nonprofits are so important. And I think, Thank you. you know, that we often take them for granted because, you know, it doesn't it doesn't feel as urgent in some ways. But I do think that the work you guys do is absolutely essential to our community. And you are serving so many different nonprofits and so many different issues. So go to VolunteerOdyssey.com, yes. <laughs> donate, volunteer, say thank you to Sarah and her team for all their hard work. Yes. And guys, I know we didn't. Today's episode was not a TED episode because we just had so much to talk to Sarah about. We didn't have time to like actually air her TED talk. But never fear. If you go to YouTube and just go search in your search bar, her TED talk is titled, What is Your Life's Best Work? And it'll pop up for you. And I highly, highly suggest, um, especially if you liked what you heard today, um, her talk is just wonderful. And it touches more on kind of where this 
amazing ideas started and kind of the purpose behind it. So go give that a shot too. Go to volunteerodyssey.com. And thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, Thank you guys so much for having me and all the work you do in the community. I just, you're part of the reason people are thinking about volunteering right now. And thank you for just being an amazing asset to the Memphis area. Well, thank you. Come back again later this year and tell us what's new. Please, I would love to. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. All right, guys, we are about to get into it. We are going to listen to Dr. Sarah Petchnik's TED Talk. TED Talk, that is a tongue twister, (laughs) tongue twister TED Talk. Um, But we are about to jump into her TED Talk. What is your life's best work? Growing up, we volunteered every summer collecting food for our local food pantry. My mom would put us in this red wagon. She'd pull us around the neighborhood. And around the time I turned seven... I started to wonder why that was. Why didn't people just go and buy food at the grocery store like we did? And my parents explained, there are a lot of people who work really hard, but they still need some extra help. And there might even be a kid sitting next to me in class who was going hungry. As a seven-year-old, I was outraged. How could we let a kid go hungry? How could we let anyone go hungry? And my parents and I had the same idea. Because we could help, we should. My parents always wanted better for me, and we believed that education was the key. When I was in college, my dad lost his job. One week later, my mom lost her job, and they were both unemployed at the same time for a year. That was incredibly hard on our family, emotionally, financially, But they kept volunteering because they said nothing puts your own life in perspective like doing something for someone else. So I did the only thing I felt like I could do to help, which was to double down on my education. And I eventually graduated four times. (laughs) Maybe that was overkill. With degrees in business and a PhD in psychology. So you can imagine their pride and my pride when I landed my first job out of school making very good money. One day, I was standing at the window on a particularly hot day, you know, the kind, right? And I was looking out at the landscaping crew. That's not me. (laughs) And they were sweating. It was so hot that day. And as I stood there and I watched them, and I reflected on my own job and what I had accomplished, I suddenly wished that I was out there with them. That was the moment that I realized that I hated my job. So I did the only logical thing that you can do at a brand new job right out of graduate school, which was to quit. Now, this wasn't as easy as it sounded. There were two things stopping me. The first was that I had been working for this for a long time, and I was scared of losing my identity. That was when I realized I wouldn't be losing my identity. I wouldn't lose what made me, me. I would only be losing my label. The next thing was, what would my parents think? 
They'd worked so hard for me to get here, for me to have this opportunity. They'd always wanted better for me. But that was when I realized what they were trying to teach me all along. What is better? And it's not about your career resume. It's about your eulogy resume and what people will say about you after you're gone. So around the time I was quitting my job, a very smart person said, well, this is an amazing opportunity. Why don't you take 30 days and do anything that you want to do? And so for me, that answer was volunteer. I volunteered with 30 different nonprofits over the course of 30 days, and I blogged about it every day. About seven days in, I thought, I'm completely crazy. But it was also one of the most amazing things that I had ever done. Inspired, I wanted to know more. So I drove across the country from Portland, Oregon to Jacksonville, Florida, researching how people find volunteer opportunities and meaningful experiences. And I don't recommend doing this in the winter. <laughs> Now, what kind of psychologist would I be if I didn't give you some of the research on volunteering? We know volunteerism is positively associated with things like longer life expectancy, higher job satisfaction, better relationships with friends and family. The good news is that you don't have to quit your job to reap the benefits. I'd like to share three ways you can find your life's best work through volunteering. On a bitterly cold night, I was volunteering with an organization called Room in the Inn. They take in homeless guests from around the cities to stay with congregations for the night. Before dinner, they always ask if someone would like to say a prayer. And to everyone's surprise, one of the homeless guests raised his hand. Everyone around the room bowed their heads and got very quiet. He said, I want to thank you for a warm place to sleep. I want to thank you for these kind people, for this food. And I especially want to pray for everyone who's not as fortunate as I am. We were all stunned. Here we were thinking that he was the less fortunate. And he was able to see beyond his needs and think of the needs of others. Reflecting, this, reflecting on this through the lens of psychology, I was astonished. Because the traditional school of thought is that you have to move through what we call Maslow's hierarchy of needs before you can focus on the needs of others. That you have to meet your own physiological needs, things like food and clothing, before you can focus on your own safety. And then eventually, love and belonging and self-esteem and respect. Now, this is where most people stop. They're not struggling, but they're not thriving either. They're just surviving. Most people never make it to the top of this pyramid, to the peak experience, to what it means to be alive. Most people never make it to self-actualization. So how do you get here? It's not actually by focusing on yourself. It's by focusing on the greater self and your role in the world around you. How amazing that this man instantly transcended this pyramid and showed all of us with so much how to be grateful with so little. There's an amazing documentary filmed in Memphis, Tennessee, about a man named Coach Bill Courtney who leaves his life in the suburbs to come and coach a losing high school football team in a very rough part of town. After a little while, he just can't connect with some of the team members, and so he pulls aside a player that he's close to, Jamie, and he says, Jamie, why can't I get through to them? Jamie looks him right in the eye, and he says, well, coach, they're trying to figure out if you're a turkey person. And Coach Courtney says, dude, what's a turkey person? And Jamie says, coach, it's those people who load up their SUVs with turkeys on Thanksgiving Day. And they come to our side of the tracks, and they drop them off, and then we never see them again. So it makes you wonder why they're doing it. Is it because they care about us, 
Or is it because they can go home and brag to their family and friends about what a great thing they did? That's a turkey person. So now I'm going to say something that sounds a little crazy. The intent should be for the right reasons, but volunteering should also be selfish. And here's why. Because we need you to love it. We need you to love some aspect of it, either what you're doing, who you're doing it for, or why you're doing it, because we need you to come back. About a third of volunteers never come back to that organization or any other organization the following year. That's an economic loss of $38 billion. When you're out volunteering, if you're not thinking, how soon can I come back? You just haven't found the right thing yet. If you love it, we can accomplish so much more. Like when the girl you've been mentoring since she was 12 tells you that she's going to college. Or when Cameron, who lives at the homeless shelter where you volunteer, runs up to you and says, we're moving into our first house. That's where you'll find your life's best work. To help get you there, I'll leave you with this. You want to think about your eulogy before you actually need it. <laughs> Thankfully, we have a built-in checkpoint every year. Mark Twain says there are two important days in your life. The first is the day you are born. Now, when we are young, we look forward to our birthday. But at some point, not so much. Maybe around age 29, I have a friend who just celebrated the 10th anniversary of her 29th birthday. <laughs> Why is it that we start to dread our birthdays? Maybe it's because we're forced to reflect about what we've accomplished in another year on this earth. Because no amount of presents or birthday wishes will make you feel as full as doing something for someone else. So here's an idea. What if our birthdays aren't about us? Your birthday is not about the day you were born. Your birthday is not about you at all. It's a chance to act, it's a chance to reflect, it's a chance to think of the greater self. So what do you love and what are you good at? How can you use that to make a difference? Because someone out there is waiting for you to act. What will you say was your life's best work? Mark Twain says, there are two important days in your life, the day you were born and the day you find out why. You came here to be inspired and to be challenged. So here's my challenge for you. This year, volunteer on your birthday. And maybe the day you're born will be the day you find out why. Thank you. Memphis, that does it for this week's episode of Meanwhile in Memphis. If you liked what you heard, go to <laughs> newmemphis.org, learn more about our work, and we will see you next week. Thanks, yeah. Christy. Thanks, guys. Meanwhile in Memphis is brought to you in partnership with WYXR, produced by New Memphis and hosted by Anna Mullins Ellis and Christy Mullen. For more information, please visit newmemphis.org. Audio for this show is recorded and produced by the OAM Network. For more information, please visit pod901.com.